This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Man City 1, Liverpool 1, Reds avoid VAR scare to stay five clear of City. I'm Guy Clark, welcome to the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel as we react to the red straw at the Etihad. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp on fixture build-up after another red pulls up lane. The only problem is we injure the players. You cannot keep the players fit with that. So that's really the problem. So it's a, it's not about us, it's not about United, it's about the fixtures. The Echo's chief LFC writer, Ian Doyle, reacts to Trent Alexander-Arnold's injury. He went off with what looked like a calf problem. He's certainly uh, going to be out for England's international games over the next couple of weeks. And he's most likely to be out for another couple of weeks after that. Plus, we hear from you, the fans. The thing that's destined to ruin football forever strikes again and penalty given against Joe Gomez it's not a penalty is it in a million years yet again insight analysis and opinion all to come right here on the post game podcast the post game podcast on the blood red channel well here at the Etihad it is finished Manchester City 1 Liverpool 1 Liverpool took the lead early on in the 13th minute with a penalty by Mohamed Salah his 10th goal of the season uh, after Sadio Mane being appended by Kyle Walker inside the area uh, City though drew level um, with about 15 minutes before half time when Liverpool kind of were caught out a little bit by City moving the ball onto the right wing it meant that Kevin De Bruyne had a bit of space in the central areas and then he was able to put a, a cross in which Gabriel Jesus controlled very well tricked Trent Alexander-Arnold then toe-poked home and then there was a chance for City to take the lead just shortly before half-time uh, they were awarded a penalty after once again they uh, managed to get De Bruyne into space down the right wing this time his cross was well, it was hit, you know, hit into the area and it struck Joe Gomez on his arm. Gomez was trying to get his arm out of the way. Initially, the referee didn't give a spot kick, but he was advised by VAR to go and have a look at uh, have a look at his pitch side monitor, which is something that we're starting to see a little bit more regular in the Premier League. Uh, and he had a look and he decided to give the penalty. However, Kevin De Bruyne stepped up and although he'd uh, set up, as I say, the first goal, he pulled his spot kick wide of Alison Becker's right-hand post. Uh, and that was incredibly the first penalty that's been missed in the Premier League in terms of being completely off target since Riyad Mahrez missed Anfield for City in a nil-nil draw back in October 2018. Uh, there was a second half, I'd have said in the first half Liverpool had started with all four strikers, uh, Diogo Jota was on the right, uh, Mohamed Salah was up top, Roberto Firmino was back in the side, he was in behind and Sadio Mane was on the left and Liverpool took the game to City, created a number of what I'd call half chances were big got in some good positions on the break but weren't able to to finish them off whether that's they just didn't get the shot away or just chose the right pass the, the, the wrong, sorry the wrong pass the wrong final pass it's a little bit frustrating that especially when you consider that City were kind of on the back foot at that time and could have been behind by more before they actually got their first goal the second half was slightly different where well both teams had really gone for it in the first half the second half was a bit more of a an attritional affair there was yeah, you know, the tackles were flying in a little bit, but the conditions didn't help. It was a bit slippery. The rain was booked in down here in Manchester. And the players, obviously, they were tired because they've, I think Liverpool, they played seven games in about three or four weeks. And it uh, was a bit of a problem for them just to, to just to keep going. City were kind of the same. Uh, Liverpool did have one uh, injury issue to contend with. That was Trent Alexander-Arnold. He went off with what looked like a calf problem. He's certainly uh, going to be out for England's international games over the next couple of weeks. And he's most likely to be out for another couple of weeks after that. So not great for Liverpool in that respect. And I would imagine there'd be one or two, you know, other teams, so certainly actually more than one or two other teams, Pep Guardiola himself said afterwards that he can't, you know, he's critical of the fact that there's not five substitutes allowed in the Premier League. We know Jurgen Klopp is exactly the same and he repeated that. And we're starting to see now the stresses and strains pl- play, placed on uh, these top level footballers playing so many games uh, for club and for country. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he was replaced by James Milner who slotted in at right back who did pretty well. Uh, Jiren Shakiri came on in the second half as well. Uh, he got stuck in, and it, by the end, I think both teams were, were you know, said they wouldn't say they were out on the feet, but they were certainly not as sprightly as they were in the first half. And I think a draw was the fair result. Liverpool will be more than happy with the fact that since the Aston Villa game, where they lost 7-2, of course, they've uh, they've now gone seven games unbeaten. They're only one point off the uh, off the summit in the Premier League, and they've won the 
three games in the Champions League and got almost through to the knockout stages already. So in that sense, it's been a good couple of weeks, but it's not been without, obviously, the problems of Virgil van Dijk, probably out for the season. Thiago, we haven't seen him since the derby. Joel Matip came back for this game and he looked tired towards the end, but he managed to, to hold on and he had a decent game. But alongside him, Joe Gomez, I thought, was very good. Alison Becker in goal was, was solid, made one good save and but was very good in terms of sweeping and making sure that City couldn't get in behind in, in midfield Jordan Henderson you know, in the two with uh, Genie Wijnaldum and they both got through an awful lot of work uh, Jordan Henderson in particular I thought was, was pretty excellent and he uh, he probably just about edges the man of the match award um, overall though I think Liverpool can be can be happy with the, the way that the game's gone as I say they're only a point off the top they've uh, now gone to Chelsea where they've won, they've gone to Everton where they could have won in the last minute, got a draw and they've gone to City and they've also played at Arsenal and beaten them so they've only played eight games and they've had four tough ones there and they've managed to come through and beat them from them and that's the reason you know, why Jurgen Klopp can't be quite happy this evening. The Echo's chief LFC writer Ian Doyle at the Etihad watching on as the Reds picked up their first point there in the Premier League since 2017. Salah onto 10 goals for the season then as Doyle said capping off a strong start for the Reds but Trent forced off injured by the end. Plenty for Jurgen Klopp to discuss. Here he is speaking with the media. Uh, Jurgen, as I was saying, you started really well in that first half hour. I, I just wondered, did you feel at the end that you didn't quite capitalise on how well you played in that period? Well, um, I actually liked the like the whole game. You're right, the, the, the start was probably the best period of the game, but that's um, how football is. Um, we You have to, especially against City, you have to use your chances. Uh, we don't. Oh, we have to create even more. We, we we had really top situations, top football moments, but mm, for for the for the football we played in that in that period, we didn't have um, enough, one hundred percent. Let me say like this. And um, so, but that's um, normal and not uh, nothing. I'm I'm too concerned about because you just have to stay in the game. We scored our goal. Um, and then we lost. We were not that compact anymore for for. Um, uh, I think it was around like 10 minutes or so, and that immediately um, the difference maker, Kevin De Bruyne, is, is then between the line, turns, goes in the box, they score the goal, um, then they get the penalty. Um, and apart from that, how I said, usually City, when we play City, we, we, we have to sit, we sit here in press conference and I have to say, yeah, they are here we were slightly lucky here. Ali had to make a world class save, and that in these kind of things, they have usually more clear cut chances today, they hadn't. And that's a compliment to my boys. And um, so we respect them a lot. I, I loved the energy level of both teams tonight. It was a proper, proper fight on highest level. And that means you deny the opponent with the quality we have, with the quality they have. You deny the opponent and um, in a lot of moments. And so I'm, I'm really happy with the result and the performance. On the penalty given to City, what do you and your players want to see happen with this handball rule now? I cannot speak about it because I didn't see it yet. So um don't think it's now too important. Um, obviously, but everybody's talking about it. It looked and it sounds to me um, that it's um, obviously not 100% clear um, in that moment. So, I, But I can't say anything about it because I didn't see it back. I saw um, only Joe's back in that moment um, when, when, the, when the ball hit him. It could have been anywhere. I, I couldn't see that in the game. So I can't say anything about it. But um, yeah, yeah, handball offside, armpit, all these kind of things. I don't know why we constantly talk about it and not people who can make really a difference talk about it much more because uh, or maybe they might do it and are the only people in the world who think it's exactly right like it is. Um, and only us is, are the ones who think it's not right like it is. I can't say anything about this specific handball situation, but I saw yesterday the Bamford armpit and it reminded me a lot on the, on the Bobby Firmino armpit um, and Aston Villa and stuff like this. I can't wait for the first time when a player scores a goal with the armpit. Don't know how that works, but um, I can't wait. Uh, hi, hi, Jürgen. Um, a, a lot's been said about the scheduling of matches. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was very vocal after Manchester United's game. I understand you, you are supporting him. Um, what do you feel needs to be done with the scheduling? Because it seems that there's so much being demanded of players at the moment. I spoke around about two weeks ago. I had... Uh, um, the club organized for me a meeting um, with Paul Monner, the responsible person of the Premier League to, for, the, for, the, for the fixtures. Um, Paul Monner told me we cannot change it because it's not about Man United, it's not about Liverpool, it's not about City. Let me say it like this. We played after the international last international break at 12.30 at Everton. 
My players were Wednesday night at um, some of them at Peru, I think. Um, so then you play in 12:30. So these kind of things should not happen. I understand 100% the need of television, 100%. But the Premier League needs to fulfill more of more the position of the unity of the players as well. So yes, um, everything changed apart from the fixture list. So usually in a season we all have an October, November, and then the very very tricky December. This year, the October is like the December, the November is like the December, and the December is still like the December. That makes this is an intensity is really difficult. So, and now I don't ask, and I don't think anybody asks for like you play Wednesday night and you. It's completely normal that we play Saturday. It's the 12:30, which is the killer. Tottenham played in Ludocrats and Thursday night played today at 12. So. Um, with all respect to West Brom, but um, Tottenham won it late. So, because you need them much longer and, and all stuff. And now people might like it and think, okay, that's a proper competition then. So it gives other teams a chance. The only problem is we injure the players. You cannot keep the players fit with that. So that's really the problem. So it's, a, it's not about us. It's not about United. It's about the fixtures. And yes, we all agree. I spoke today. that, And again, we have to talk again about the five subs. And if everybody, if still the, I don't know, 14 teams say, I'm not sure they will say that it, that it, five stops shouldn't happen, then that's at least, that are sub five times when we play each other, the top six against each other. I have no idea if that's possible, but we have to find solutions because it's so tough this year. We get it. We want to play football 100% with all we have. We need to play football. It's great for the people. It's great for us. Everything is fine. But Wednesday night and 12.30 is, should not be allowed. In that week now, all it was right. So City and us, we played on Tuesday. So there are always two teams who play Tuesday and two teams who play Wednesday. If the Tuesday teams are in contention now for the Saturday 12th, whatever, that's okay. It's not nice, but it's okay. But the Wednesday teams should not even be in consideration for that game. Just not. So Sky, BT, Premier League, whoever, BBC, whoever, they have to talk. We cannot deal with that situation like we always did before. Like, because otherwise... And it's very important. The FA has to be in, involved. Tonight we lost. Tonight we lost um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm pretty sure Gareth Southgate is not fine. And if we continue like this, and hopefully we can play a, a Europe, a Euro, the Euros in the summer. Hopefully we can play. It. If they happen, let's see who will be part of that. Which player? What players? So everybody needs to go on the table. It's fine. We have we found a solution to play on. That's great. But now we cannot stop thinking. We have to start thinking new. Hi, Jürgen. How is, um, how is Trent? How serious do you think it is? And Pep has come out and said about the five subs as well and said it's something that you and him were speaking about at the end of the game. Um, so there is obviously a huge need for five substitutions, right? And do you, how, how serious do you think you, that can actually change now? Look, it's a, it's, it's in, my, in my understanding, it's a lack of leadership. So you go in a meeting like um, with all the... With all the different teams, the coaches are obviously not involved. And then um, Richard Master says, "So we have that point here, five, three or five subs. What do you think?" They had the, the teams had to be, they had to understand. All the teams have to understand why it's so happy. It's not an advantage; it's a necessity, 100%. So, and it's in all other countries it happens. So, and now here it's a, we make a bit more fun of the of the competition by having only three subs. That's that's really that's really incredible. So we have to talk again. And we, that's why I say it's a lack of leadership because Richard Masson sold it completely wrong, in my understanding. Going there and telling, so what do you think? What do you want? What do you want? Yeah. And then we have the situation. It's the only league, big league, where you have only three subs. Surprise. And Trent. So there's a question on, on Trent. Yes. Yeah, Trent will be out for England. So that's clear. What he has, we don't know, but he cannot play for England. So, And it will, will not be the last one, not the only one Gareth had to will miss for, that, for, for this international break. So... We'll make a scan tomorrow and then we will see. Okay. Hi, Jürgen. Uh, you managed to get all four of your frontline attackers onto the field tonight. Was that a, a specific plan for City or is it something that you might try again often? When you can do it against City, then you can do it in other games as well. It's not, it will not be our new all the time, whatever, but there are moments when we might use it. So that's very helpful for us that um, usually people know which system we play. That's now, um, yeah, what is it? Water under the bridge. Uh, from now on, we can play three, four different systems, which is good. And tonight, it worked really well. We thought we want to use um, the skills and the power of the of the four up front um, in in specific moments to to cause city problems. 
that's one thing. The other thing is that um, we all like to prepare a game in the way that we know exactly what the opponent is doing. And um, Pep, I don't think he knew that we would play 4-4-2. It's not important, but it needed a while for, for City to adapt to it. That was the plan for today, and it will, we will not, use that, will not have used that the last time. Jurgen Klopp there clear with his thoughts on fixture pile-up, five substitutions and his brave selection away at the Etihad. We've still plenty of your thoughts to come from our Blood Red podcast Facebook group, as well as plenty of opinion from our regular contributors, Steve Dawson, to come. But first is Matt Whitty. One all away to Manchester City in a week where we'd had a European away game midweek and you'd take you'd take that result any any day of the any day of the week really i thought um we started the game brilliantly um within the first sort of two minutes we had two or three two or three chances and we we just really went for it in the first uh, in the first half particularly in that first 25 30 minutes um obviously we got the uh, the breakthrough after a Pretty clear foul, I thought, from Kyle Walker on Mane, who just did him with his with his turn, and he was completely caught out of position. And then after that, you just were really hoping we'd make the most of the attacking play and the chances that we were creating, but we just weren't able to today. And City clawed their way back into it. Um, they had a they had sort of a, a cross chance earlier on when uh, when Aldum got um, caught in possession. And then it was a brilliant turn by Jesus for the equalising goal. And I thought the penalty decision, I mean, I just don't really understand this handball rule anymore. I mean, Gomez is trying to, he's running, he's trying to move his arm away from the ball. I mean, I kind of get that if it hits your arm, it's basically a penalty these days. Um, But it's just, it's just a nonsense, really. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of position a defender's got to have his... Hand, have his arms in to, to to avoid giving away a, a penalty under under those circumstances, and I thought in the second half, the the penalty shout against Cancelo was uh, was wasn't a penalty either. You know the ball's fired at him, his arm is close, but you, you know you're kind of watching it, thinking I've got no idea if this is going to be if it's going to be given or not. But yeah, it was. Um, but thankfully. Um, uh, yeah, thankfully, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne um, screwed his penalty wide. Uh, Diana Ross USA ninety four style, which was uh, which was great to see. And second half was a much much tighter affair. You could sort of see we were very much four two four in the first half, but it was a it was much closer to a four four two in the second half. And I'm not sure we had a we had a chance in the last twenty minutes, um, particularly. So yeah, um, overall, uh, really happy. Um, I thought at the back, uh, Gomez and Matip uh, did well. Um, it wasn't always very pretty, and the passing out from the back wasn't uh, wasn't to Van Dijk's level. But I thought uh, I thought they did well. I thought Allison was exceptional in goal. Um, claimed all the things you'd uh, you'd want from your goalkeeper. And I thought Jordan Henderson was was fantastic in in midfield, uh, winning the ball back, uh, intercepting and really probing passes forward and just kept things ticking over and you know you can uh, you can hear him talking the whole time so I thought he was uh, he was great um final uh, final negative really is with um Trent Alexander-Arnold and you just hope that uh, what looked like a calf injury is not too not too serious and uh, hopefully he's back not too long after the international break Steve Dawson on Liverpool's away draw at Manchester City and uh, given what happened over the space of the 90 minutes I'll take that in fact I think I would have settled for a draw at around the 60 minute mark even though I think Liverpool could well have scored but City City certainly had their chances didn't they and um, they probably had the better of the chances actually missed one or two that they really should have put away I look at the starting 11 it was really exciting for for Jurgen Klopp to pick a team against our biggest rivals away from home like the one he did in that formation with with four excellent uh, attacking players in that 11. That was exciting and that means we're there to win it and that shows that we're a confident club, that we know we're good and that we really ought not to be settling for draws anywhere these days. We're that good and that was exciting for me. Then when the play unfolded, it, it began really, really well. I mean, we looked very, very sprightly indeed. And um, we certainly had the better of them. 
in the very early stages. But then a, a, a couple of things happened. Um, I think I think Bobby was just not on it at all, was he? And it was no surprise to me that he was taken off. He, he just doesn't look confident to me. He doesn't have that pizzazz, that charisma that he's been playing with in the days where we we all loved him and he, he was one of the first names on the team sheet. He seems as if he's had a bit of the confidence knocked out of him. Whether that's the, the purchase of Diogo Jota, I doubt it to be honest, because you know we've seen this we've seen this before his arrival. But he just looked he looked low energy today. When he got the ball, he seemed very comfortable in just knocking it backwards. Um, one or two little touches that were the Firmino of old, but it's it's a little bit of a concern. Um, and I was I was certainly calling for him to be substituted a good few minutes before he, he actually did come off. I'd have been fine if Nabi Cater had come on and we'd reverted to 4-3-3. My daughter and I uh, watching together and we both agreed that Shaq would be a good option and sure enough he's the one that came on and and he put in a, a workmanlike performance I think I think Liverpool did revert to a 4-3-3 after that they they, they, they dropped back from the 4-2-3-1 um, those two midfielders Hendo and Genie put in a really workmanlike performance so Hendo just didn't stop running Genie is indestructible almost with the ball at his feet he, he'll He'll have the he'll 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 turn sideways on to anyone who's coming to challenge him, won't he? And he's got so he's got his right leg, his left leg between uh, the ball and the opponent, sideways on, and it's just a too big a gap for anyone to sort of circumvent him. He's 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 really very very strong in possession. He did just give away one uh, one one uh, piece of possession. In the, in the first half, but nothing came of it. And I thought Henderson and Wijnaldum had, had super games. And it looks nice that that two in midfield gives us good attacking options. But it really isn't necessarily an attacking formation. If you've got two solid uh, defensive midfielders, then um, you're really not giving anything away um, in terms of being vulnerable. Uh, I thought it, it, the setup looked really very good indeed. Um, I was very happy with it. Um, the goal, I think, <laughs> Robertson and Mane were just so electric um, leading up to the penalty. It was it was very, very cool to see. And, you know, I, I, I sort of believe in statistics and, and odds and Mo's due to miss one soon, isn't he? He's, he's, got a, he's put a fabulous streak together and that was a really a cracking penalty. You know, some of these little dinks or even when he smashes them down the middle, you think there's a bit of a risk there. But when he buries it near the post like that one with pace, then there's not much that can stop it. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to see Kevin De Bruyne yet not hit the target at all. Alison Becker again, outstanding, um, saved us when uh, really he didn't have a right to once or twice. Great stop. I can't remember who, who it was that um, got clean through. Might have been, might have been uh, Jesus. Alison Becker did so well to stop it, and then Joel Matic was just behind him tidying up. And what a bonus it is to have uh, Alison there. I, I, I didn't hear anything post-match about exactly what the problem is with Trent. It looks to me as if it might have been a calf problem. No better time, I suppose, to be injured than just before the international break. Let's hope he gets over that and um, can can return as soon as the break is over or or perhaps just a, a couple of matches into the to the restart. But yes, certainly take the point there. I'm not I'm not fearful of anybody who's above us in the table at the moment. I think it's going to be City and Liverpool at the end of the season. And on that showing I'm I'm pretty confident that, that Liverpool will will do the business. So very happy with that. At Galasahi on Twitter, G U L A S A H I game podcast on the blood red channel it's Russell witness with his thoughts on the man city v liverpool game in the end finish 1-1 probably deserve result for both sides and yeah in the end good point for liverpool away from home first half liverpool i thought were brilliant particularly the first no 30 
35 minutes before City got the goal and very, very bold from Klopp there with the formation, obviously playing all four. All the talk's been how they're going to get Jota into the side and is it going to be Firmino left out, but he actually played all four, which I thought was very brave and I thought for the first half an hour it worked really well. They're obviously well drilled and how they were going to do it with uh, the two, two of them dropping into the midfield when they didn't have the ball and we just looked so dangerous in that first half an hour. We absolutely dominated City. Got the goal, obviously, from the penalty, which was an absolute stone-cold penalty. Um, I think it was Mane was clipped and Salah was never going to miss that one, was he? And it totally deserved the goal and we missed a couple of other good chances and absolute cruise control and... City didn't really have much of a kick in that first uh, 30 minutes or so, but the one little bit of play they had, they knocked it round really well and we got slightly caught out position in the midfield with the formation and the ball fell to Jesus. Was it a bit of skill or a bit of luck? I'm still not sure. The, the saying on the commentary, world-class bit of skill, I don't know if it's just a little bit of luck off his heel, but it's come off his heel and he's has spun quickly and it was a good finish, to be fair. And, the back in the game at one all and I suppose it's game on then and then the dreaded the dreaded VAR strikes again doesn't it in the first half the thing that's destined to ruin football forever strikes again and penalty given against Joe Gomez it's not a penalty is it in a million years yet again the ball's whipped in Gomez is jumping, trying to keep his, his arms right by, by his side. What's he meant to do? Chop his arms off? You've got arms. You can't remove arms off a player. It was... That isn't... I don't know the rules of football anymore, clearly, because that is not a penalty. I mean, I've seen the one I've seen the one yesterday with uh, Paul Patrick Bamford um, for Leeds, and they give that as a VAR disallowed that goal because of the way he's pointing, and after seeing that, all hope was lost. As soon as I seen the ball had touched, touch Gomez on the arm, you know what's going to happen. But it's not a penalty. It's nothing to do with being biased. At the other end, you wouldn't want to see that as a penalty. And VAR is ruining football as a spectacle, hundred percent. It needs reviewing. It needs stopping. I don't know what the answer is going to be. They're that deep into it now, and. I don't know what they're going to do, but as a spectacle and as what it's doing to the beautiful game, the game that I fell in love with, it's it's not the same game and it, it it's painful to watch at times. And Just the only thing we can say is it was justice was saved. That De Bruyne unbelievably put the ball wide and we've got away with one, so to speak, that they haven't, they haven't gone in in front. But all in all, really good first half from Liverpool for... I thought Endor when uh, Gini Ronaldo were incredible in that first half. Obviously, a lot of lot of ground to cover with just the two of them really in that middle. They were shifting side to side when they didn't have the ball, and Endo was organised and everything. And so I thought, yeah, really, really good from them in that first half. And you'd like to think, you know, coming out in the second half, more of the same. It, it started off okay the first half, first ten minutes or so, but City grown into it a bit more. Obviously, Liverpool didn't commit as much forward understandably and they're getting into that second half and you're thinking we don't want to lose the game now and I think there's got to be an element of tiredness there as well I think that particularly the last half an hour Liverpool looking a little bit leggy and maybe City as well they were quite happy to settle for it they didn't exactly go hole for the win um, Liverpool the same to be honest I think they 30 minutes ago they were quite happy to settle for it and you know maybe if there was a chance obviously they would, they would look to take it but they didn't it wasn't like they did in the first half where they really piled on the pressure and really went for it so second half yeah there was a few chances either side but nowhere near as good as the first half and like both like I say both teams settled for the point and all in all it's a good point for Liverpool and away at Man City and yeah I'm really pleased with the point and we'll move on after these internationals, um, man of the match wise, I think you've got. I think I've got to look at the midfield. I thought Genie and Endo were brilliant. I thought Mane was obviously a handful, and Salah, the usual suspects. Matip done a, done well since he's come back in from the injury. There, good to have him back as a little bit of a senior player. 
when we've been playing so many kids at centre back. But I probably say it's probably the two midfielders between the two midfielders, isn't it? Genie and Hendo putting in a lot of work and really must must be tough playing in that formation for the midfielders because we're committing so much forward. But Henderson was so organised and Genie, you know, we know what we're getting from Genie day in day out and yeah. Happy, happy, all in all, happy. We've got the points. Internationals coming up now. We can have a, hopefully have a little rest, get a few players back, maybe get like to Thiago back in the mix. And all positive. Eight games gone, right in the mix. Going to be a good old season. Come on, Liverpool! Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. I hope our shiny new Kirby Training Complex has a large and comfortable treatment room because our first team players are dropping like hydroalcoholic gel from a dispenser. Some of our main rivals might indeed be rubbing their hands in glee now that Trent Alexander-Arnold is the latest superstar LFC player to come a cropper. However, as Jürgen has taught us all, this can be a big opportunity for James Milner or Nico Williams to step up, so we may once more shove it up them all once again. If anyone can find answers to the most taxing of multiple-choice questionnaires, Jürgen's Relentless Reds can. With four first-teamers out by the end of the game, we had pretty much half a B-team, and I thought they fared extremely well. Yes, we could have exploited certain situations a bit better, and we could have stopped their goal, but life is never easy at the Etihad. We have won only twice there in 13 years. Ultimately, I'm very happy that we played well, and if this game were a colouring book, I would say that it was Liverpool who deserved to shade it. It could have been worse, of course, on the other hand. Kevin De Bruyne proving the old adage of once a red, always a red, by shanking his penalty wide. It was a penalty, by the way, given that the rules don't allow defenders to have arms anymore, although it does irk me that the ref doesn't get to see the action at normal speed before giving the penalty. Anyway, let's not dwell on this match too longer. A point at the Etihad is always a point gained, in my opinion, and Liverpool a joint second, just a point behind the leaders after eight games. So this is Owen from Cop On Podcast, reminding you that this Premier League has only just begun. It's a marathon, not a Snickers bar. And now we have two weeks to lay some traps for Brendan Rodgers and his wily foxes. Owen and Ross here on post-game, reflecting on the one-all draw at the Etihad. Let's now, though, get into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Richie O'Farrell writes, Good result. We were the best team in the first half. They had good chances in the second. Definitely the best two teams in the league. Trent Alexander-Arnold going off, shifted the game's momentum. We've played eight games. We've had Chelsea away. Arsenal, City away, Everton away. So with our injuries, we're a point off top. So I'm happy. If Thiago was playing today, then we would have won, in my opinion. I think we'll kick on big time post-international break. Michael Campbell says, No need to win the war tonight. A point earned in the battle at the Etihad will mean a lot later in the season. It wasn't fatal today, but I don't think our front four works. Some big decisions ahead. Karan Kapoor says... I know he wasn't always the quickest, but Firmino definitely has lost a yard or two. Doesn't seem to have had that burst of acceleration which he once possessed, and that, in my opinion, has been the direct cause behind the decline in his performances. I love Bobby, but I'm also not sure what can be done here. Maybe move him further back in the midfield. Rob Mason writes, 30 games to go. Lots of points left to play for. It's more important that we keep the gap between City and us. City played arguably their best 11 today. We had three missing and they still never really looked like they'd beat us. And finally, Alan Downey says, good result, solid performance. 
Good to have that one behind us. Matip looked very good. Let's hope the international break gives a few players time to get fit. You'll never walk alone. Final thoughts on the draw at City to come from Mark Baker. But before him, Alex Watt. But first up, here's Hannah Pinnock with her take. Not the best game of football, but a welcomed result nonetheless. Um, I thought lineup wise it was a little bit risk not risky but interesting you know I think the whole debate before the game was you know will Jota start over Firmino but Klopp just went ahead and started both it was a very attacking lineup and in a way it it worked I would say it definitely worked first half I thought the opening 15-20 minutes I, I thought we had we had the better of City. We created a lot of really, really good chances. It was just that final ball that wasn't there. But it was a wonderful first half of football. I think we were pretty spoiled <laughs> first half, which is probably why the second half was that little bit more lethargic. And both teams, I think, looked knackered second half. But um, we took a deserved lead with the penalty, I would say. It definitely wasn't against a run of play at all. Um, might be some debate over the legitimacy of the penalty, whether or not it was soft. Um, but it was just reckless from Kyle Walker and, and Roy Keane said it himself. Um, he's an idiot. He's just Mane had him there and, and he just went went in and, and conceded a penalty. And I, I thought maybe, maybe not the most clear penalty, but a penalty nonetheless. And obviously Salah makes no mistake from the spot. So, um, but, but after that, I thought City then started to get a bit more of a foothold on the game. They created a fair few chances and obviously Jesus with that finish I mean they deserve to equalize with that alone it was a fantastic goal to be fair to them um and then we got lucky really um because we could have been going in at half time 2-1 down so that wouldn't that would have made things a hell of a lot more difficult um on the penalty though I, I can see why it was given um obviously with the new handball rules that have come in this season it technically is a handball but it's just the rule itself is like I, I don't know what Gomez can do with his arms there unless he just cuts them off um I think it was incredibly incredibly harsh um but I guess justice prevailed in a way because De Bruyne sent it wide what an awful penalty um but I mean as a Liverpool fan you take it so I thought second half then it it was just a bit boring to watch if I'm being completely honest it just like I said we were spoiled first half and, and second half everyone just looked knackered um I mean the intense schedule obviously plays a huge part in that so I guess the international breaking away is coming at the right time but you know <clears throat> fixture congestion is a thing and, and we just look absolutely looked absolutely knackered second half so it, it wasn't the most entertaining to watch and I, I would say City probably looked the better team uh, I thought Alisson looked really good though so you know he made absolutely no mistakes obviously mat it back for the first time in a while and hopefully fingers crossed touch wood this will be a consistent partnership that we can see after the international break and into the busy winter period because we need consistency at the back you know if we're going to look a lot more solid than we have done I mean, I mean we've coped really well without Van Dyke, but obviously Gomez is constantly chopping and changing you know who he's partnered with so hopefully Matip being back can provide some level of consistency but obviously we've been incredibly unlucky with defensive injuries and, and Trent can now be added to that list hopefully it's not too serious you know him going off was a concerning sight to see and probably Aside from the result, the biggest takeaway from the game, for me at least, because our defensive injuries at the moment are not great. We don't have an awful lot of options. We shouldn't really be having to play James Milner at right back. But it is what it is. And um, I guess, in a way, for Trent at least, the international break comes at the right time. If it's hopefully not too serious, but it didn't look particularly great. So um, I guess we've just got to wait and see on that one and... Um, how serious it actually is but it's concerning times I think for Liverpool and um in terms in terms of injuries I think results wise and performance wise we've I'd say been pretty consistent and done the best that we can and obviously the league's pretty open so in, in a pretty mad season a pretty mad game when you consider 
absolute contrast between the performances from both sides, both halves. But yeah, definitely a welcomed result. And on to Leicester. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross the Line podcast. And only a point against the team in the bottom half of the table. We should be doing better than that, shouldn't we? Um, I'm joking, obviously. It's always a big game, this one against Man City. And in the end, the result's a a little bit of a head-scratcher, actually. I think it's a good point for Liverpool in the end. But when you look at how Liverpool started the game and how great we looked at the start, it's hard not to come away slightly disappointed with how the game ended. Um, It did end up actually being a really entertaining match throughout 60 minutes, but then it kind of petered out for the last half hour. It felt like both teams worried about making an error and conceding, so both managers seemed fairly happy to stick out for the draw. Also, the intensity of the first half may have taken its toll on both teams and caused that drop-off, but... After that first 20 minutes or so where we were so dominant, it is a shame that the end of the game actually ended up being a bit of a nervy watch for me with a, you know just wanting us to get it over the line and get the point. Um, but it could end up being a big point come the end of the season. I think in the end, the draw is a better result for Liverpool than it is for City. They probably needed all three here. Um, my concern really watching it early on was we had a lot of great play, a lot of great chances, but we were just lacking in that final pass sometimes. And against a team like City, you have to capitalise when you have those moments or it could come back to bite you. And it nearly did. You know, City could have gone 2-1 up with their penalty. Um, and it felt like there were two or three big moments for Liverpool in the first half where we could have had the game wrapped up. And... That's a slightly disappointing part, I suppose. Um, Obviously, the big talking point, other than Matip coming back in, which was great to see. Him and Gomez were great, I thought. The fact we're not coming out of a game like this talking about missing Van Dijk is a big plus, I suppose. Um, But the other big talking point was obviously the front four. Klopp opting to play all of Firmino, Jota, Salah and Mane um, after there'd been all this discussion. You know, I said it when I was on here on Tuesday that I'd maybe like to see Jota start ahead of Firmino after how well it worked ahead uh, against Atalanta. But Klopp went for all four. He was very outspoken this week on how important Firmino is, how he's a difference maker, he's key to how the team works. So it made sense, but it was a bold move from Klopp to go that attacking because maybe in other seasons he would have thought a bit more cautiously at the Etihad. But this felt like a real statement of intent. You know, despite it ending in a draw, it felt like the intent was to try and get goals in the first half with those four and it just didn't quite work out. But it was exciting to see, you know, My concern, if I'm being hypercritical, is we always seem to set up with these four in more of a 4-4-2 than a 4-2-3-1 when they all play, which I'm never fully convinced about. I'd probably prefer to see Firmino drop into the number 10 role, but him and Salah were clearly the highest two attackers here with Mane wide left, Jota wide right in the midfield four, essentially. Um, And yeah, I don't think... The team looks quite as good at the moment overall when they play with this 4-4-2 with those four. It's not quite the right balance for the team when we're at our best. It did end up leaving gaps as we saw in City's equaliser where... De Bruyne was able to exploit the gap between Henderson and Wijnaldum, which wouldn't normally be there with a three-man midfield. You know, Mane left the space on the left for that goal as well, probably because he's not quite as used to playing in this formation yet and what the expectations are of him without the ball. But the intent of the front four is exciting and it's very easy for me to sit here and say, oh, I'm not sure about the formation. You know, I'd probably back Jurgen Klopp to know a bit more about it than me and get it functioning at its best soon. Um, We got the reward early on with Mane winning the penalty, Kyle Walker diving in rashly. Um, Salah dispatched that with ease as he tends to nowadays and... Even after that, when City had chances, I thought Allison was great and I thought the speed at which we were able to counter-attack on the back of Man City's attacks was so impressive. And at that point in the game, I felt like this was Liverpool really getting into their groove, which is why the equaliser was such a frustrating one, because it was kind of against the run of play. It was their first properly effective passing move, uh, a great turn and finish from Jesus, by the way. Not much you can do about a quality finish like that. You know, we got away with one on the handball, we have to say. You know, it's annoying that that was given as a penalty. But as soon as I saw the replay, 
I knew it was going to be given under the new rule. It's ridiculous. He's trying to pull his arm out of the way, Gomez, but that is the rule now, unfortunately, so it was always going to be given. But then De Bruyne completely missed the target anyway, which my initial reaction was that, oh, I didn't see that coming. But then I actually realised on uh, Did It Cross the Line last week, I did throw out a wild prediction that Man City would actually get a penalty for handball and then miss the penalty. So, you know, I don't want to say I'm a football genius, but apparently I am. But then again, I did also predict Mares to score the first goal and he wasn't even in the Man City squad today. So... Swings and roundabouts, the predictions game. But yeah, other than that, a slight worry about Trent going off with the calf issue. Positive is it's international break now, so he might get out of England duty now, to be honest, and have some rest and be back for when the league returns. In the end, a point is a really positive result, I think. So we have to look at it like that. You know, we've got Leicester in the first game back after the break, so we've got a chance straight away to reclaim the top spot from them, which I'm I'm confident we'll do there. So cheers up the Reds. Mark Baker reflecting on Manchester City versus Liverpool in the Premier League. And I totally agree with Jürgen Klopp when he said that Manchester City away is the hardest game that any team could face probably in Europe. And I think... As much as that's about Manchester City and what fantastic players they have, it's mainly about coming up against the Guardiola side because over the last decade, we know over a decade now, he's been the outstanding manager in world football. So much of his ideas and his philosophies are now seen in, in terms of the way coaching has evolved. And throughout the time, his tenures at all three clubs, his positional game with and without the ball has been at the absolute elite level, which has meant that his teams are able to suffocate you when the changeover possession happens and you have the ball and they're able to win it back quickly. But also with the ball, the positional discipline of his players means that, and the way they stretch the pitch and they use every um, metre of the football pitch means that it's so hard in terms of you to win the ball back, but also it's so efficient in terms of the way his team attack because they can hit you from so many multiple areas, combining fantastic technicians within his side, who can find moving targets, but also players who make runs and them runs that they make and the space that then, that then opens up for other players in the side who are, you know, your creative players means that there's so many threats from so many angles. And I think sometimes we sort of get lured into to watching games and, and not really realising how much of a chess match everything is at elite level now and how much instruction all players have to take on board without the ball. And I think first and foremost, any game you go into against Manchester City, that's got to be your primary thought. How, especially away from home, how can we affect Manchester City in a way that they can't play through us and they can't hurt us? And I think in the first half, I, I was so impressed with Liverpool. I thought it was a masterclass in terms of when Manchester City were trying to pre um, play out from the back and the positions of Salah, and Firmino, almost on a clutch and pedal system, so one would press the ball. When the ball then got switched over to the other side, it'd be a reverse, so one would press and one would cover, and it just kept going like that. And what they did was they all, almost marked four players in one go, so they eliminated the centre-half being able to bring the ball out, but they also eliminated the ball into the two deeper line midfield players for Manchester City, which means that Liverpool could continually turn over the ball and get into really good areas. And I felt that they just wasted some of them really good areas with a final pass or final decision, which was quite frustrating in the end. But I thought it was just a testament to how well... And I do believe Liverpool are the, if not the elite team when and teams are looking to build up in the final phase at being able to win the ball back high in the position of their players. And I felt that was so evident in the first half. They caused Manchester City no end of problems. And it was only two, I'd say two isolated incidents really, where Manchester City found themselves in Liverpool's the, um, final third. Poor decision-making from one or two players within that. Vinaldum and his decision to vacate the centre of the park for uh, Gabriel's opening goal. And then also Sadio Mane getting attracted towards the ball and leaving space on the left-hand side for Joe Gomez to give up the penalty away. But in general, I thought it was a masterclass in coaching. And I always find it quite amusing, actually, when we talk about, you know, he's, he's gone in there, he's, he's put Jota in the side, he's put an extra attacking player. But really, in terms of how Liverpool played, and Jota was obviously very disciplined on that right-hand side, Liverpool won't win, really, adding another attacking player into the mix, in all but name, really, because the way they set up, 
meant that his primary responsibility, as with the rest of the side was, was to eliminate the passing lanes of Manchester City and then try and win the ball back higher. Now, if you've got an extra attacking player on then, that's obviously advantageous when you win the ball. But it isn't necessarily that Liverpool are going out and playing with, with, with a front four players and looking to be as expansive as possible. Liverpool are trying to find ways in which they can win the ball back and then obviously spring attacks. And I always, it, it's like it's like the, the example of, you know, you'd often see it in a football match where, I don't know, an attacking player will come off and they might bring a more defensive option on and fan, fan bases will go, well, why has he brought him on? Because they're trailing in a game and, you know, he's sacrificing an attacking player and he's bringing on someone um, who, who, you know, by default on paper looks like a more defensive option. But it isn't about that. The, what the coach will be looking for is they'll be looking to bring on that player because their skill set or their positioning on the pitch will enable the, the the team to preferably have more of the ball or attack in a different manner, which means it'll help the rest of the attacking team and the attacking third. By sticking on just another attacking player does not mean you're going to be more cohesive. So it might be that uh, a central midfielder player, midfield player comes on and plays in you know, in, in a defensive zone and then you get two pivots in the side as opposed to one and all of a sudden you can transfer the ball better and get in better areas. So there's always a thought process behind all of these decisions. It is not necessarily what it looks like on paper. Um, Liverpool obviously were undone by a fantastic piece of skill by Gabriel and then obviously, you know, could have been further behind with Joe Gomez for the penalty. I felt in the second half he did drop off I think people need to remember how good Manchester City are. And I think City reacted to Liverpool. And their pressure on Liverpool's build-up also uh, improved massively. So Guardiola's teams have always been magnificent at, at suffocating the opposition. But there has been a drop-off in the last year. However, once they went to a system in which they almost mirrored Liverpool, in that De Bruyne pushed higher up the park and then... Hung on to the, the second centre-half of Liverpool, meaning that they were always occupied in the build-up of the game, whereas they always had a spare man before that. And so it was much more difficult for Liverpool to play through. City were much more compact, and I felt Liverpool were, were far too eager to go quickly into Salah and Manny. And I think that's always an option because of the pace the players have, the runs that they make. But they have to be more considered in the build-up and, and as a result it was just handing the ball back to Manchester City but I think we should respect that it isn't just about Liverpool playing badly or why they can't replicate what they did in the first half it's also about the quality of the opposition players and more than that the strategy behind the opposition players to make it not the same game in that second half and more difficult but I think Liverpool have always got to be happy with coming away from the Etihad with a point I felt there was periods in the game and moments within the game where Liverpool should have done better and could have actually taken the game away from Manchester City with better decision making but in the end I believe that yeah I think I think it was a fair result in, in the end and I felt a really really interesting game and a lot of good signs for me for Liverpool especially in that first half in the way they controlled Manchester City. Mark Baker following on from Hannah and Alex here on the post-game podcast reacting to the one-all draw with Manchester City on the Blood Red channel. If you get a chance to leave us a rating or review wherever it is you listen to your audio on demand, that is always more than appreciated. The Blood Red podcast will be with you on Monday afternoon for even further analysis on the result. A draw at City for the Reds, but it's Trent's pulled calf which sees the pressure put on as to how much more the Premier League can milk their cash cow. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.